do give a warm word of welcome uh, to each one in the Saviour's name. We welcome those who are visiting with us, and it's good to see you here uh, this evening. And we trust uh, that you'll feel at home with us and enjoy the worship and fellowship as we meet around uh, the Word of God. It's good to be here as well. I think this might be my first time occupying two pulpits at the same time. And when I left the office, I was still preaching in Calgary uh, via video message uh, from, I think, a couple of months ago. Uh, that's what they were having tonight. And uh, I'm here in person. And not in Calgary in person, but I'm here. Uh, but I find it amusing uh, that uh, I'm in two pulpits this evening uh, that are, well, several hours drive apart. Uh, but it's good to be here uh, with you and to minister the Word of God this evening and uh, to enjoy the fellowship uh, with you. Uh, but we're going to uh, commence by turning to the hymn 415. Uh, 415. And uh, my God, I have found the thrice blessed ground where life and where joy and true comfort abound. 415, and we'll stand as we worship, please.
may be seated. And we're going to turn in the Word of God to Ephesians chapter 5, the epistle of Paul the Apostle to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll commence at verse 1, and we'll read the first 11 verses this evening. The Word of God says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. But fornication, and all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you, as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Amen. And may the Lord bless the reading of his precious word this evening. Let us unite together in prayer. Let us seek the Lord as we gather in his presence tonight. Let us pray. Our eternal God and Father in heaven, we thank thee that tonight we can come to thee and we can sing thy praises and remind ourselves of the great love that Christ had for us, of his great sacrifice upon Calvary, by which he died to redeem us from our sins. And Father, tonight we do thank thee that we can rejoice in the power of the cross of Christ. We can rejoice in thy so great salvation and that thou didst send thine only begotten Son into the world, and that those who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And tonight we rejoice in the life that belongs to the people of God because of Christ, and because of that great redemptive work that he accomplished for us upon the cross. And tonight, O oh God, we rejoice. We have a gospel to preach. We have a gospel and that is not to be hid under a bushel or to be hidden away from the world, but a gospel that is to be proclaimed and preached and declared to all men. And we thank thee for that great commission that thou hast given to thy church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And tonight, O oh God, we look to thee that we would know thee power of thy spirit as we seek to uh, fulfill that commission uh, by preaching uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. 
And we pray tonight that as we turn to thy word and as we look again at John chapter 3, and that thou would be pleased to come and to minister to our hearts, to speak to us, and to teach us in thy ways. We do remember those outside of Christ. We pray thou would speak to their hearts, draw them to thyself. May they know something of the power of the gospel tonight, of the light of Christ. We thank thee, the Savior said, I am the light of the world. And we pray, O God, that we would all know what it is to flee darkness, to leave it behind, and to be found in the light of our glorious Savior. We pray, Father, that as we preach the gospel of light, that thou would be pleased to make us that lighthouse that shines forth warning of the danger of sin. And we do remember, Father, our sister churches here in British Columbia, remember Calgary, and there in Ontario, and we remember New Brunswick as well. Bless our sister churches, bless thy servants, as thy word is ministered week by week. And we pray thou would have thy hand upon us. We remember our churches in the United States and Mexico and in Jamaica and the Czech Republic and Liberia. And uh, Father, we pray that thou would uh, continue to bless thy word as it is preached. We pray that the preaching of Christ and the preaching of the cross would be central in all that we seek to do for thee. Keep us from the world. Keep us from worldly influences. Keep us, Father, on the path of righteousness, we pray. And may we march forward, holding high the banner of the cross, and may the gates of hell not prevail against us. Father, we pray this evening we would know thy blessing. Forgive us for our sins, and we pray we would look to thee and know thy grace and know thy help. And bless thy flock here. Uh, we do beseech thee that would meet our needs. We thank thee we have a comforter. Uh, we have a help. Uh, we have a great physician uh, that we can look to. And Father, tonight we pray that would meet our needs. And may we rejoice in the comfort and in the grace that is ours through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. May we walk as children of the light. And may our light so shine before men uh, that it would testify greatly of our Savior and our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, bless us. Do us good this evening. Help us to sing thy praises. Help us as we come to the preaching of thy word and glorify thy name. And we ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn again in our hymnals to hymn 385. 385, Jehovah Sekenu, and the Lord our righteousness. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew not my danger and felt not my load. 385, and we'll stand again as we sing, please.
may be seated. And we're turning tonight to John's Gospel, chapter 3. John's Gospel, chapter 3. We're coming to the end of the Savior's discussion with Nicodemus and the end of our brief consideration of this discourse. John's Gospel, chapter 3. And we'll take time this evening uh, to read again the first 21 uh, verses. Let us hear the word of God. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know. And testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, and neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Amen. May the Lord bless 
and the reading of his precious and infallible truth this evening. At this point in our meeting, we extend a word of welcome again to each one and looking for the Lord's blessing to be with us this evening. Do remember the meetings throughout the incoming week. We have the prayer meeting and Bible study on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., in person, downstairs, and on Zoom. Uh, so do uh, remember that meeting as we gather together uh, to pray, an important meeting in the calendar in the week of the church. And so we encourage you to come and join with us to seek the Lord in prayer. And then on the Lord's Day, we have the Sunday School for Children downstairs, the adults here uh, in uh, the main building, the main part of the building, 9.30 a.m., and then a morning worship at 10.30 a.m. And the prayer meeting at 5.30. And then at 6 p.m. we have our evening worship. And we have uh, food and fellowship uh, after the service next Lord's Day evening. So do remember that. Uh, bring something along to share. And let's enjoy a time uh, around uh, some food after the meeting next Lord's Day evening. The women's breakfast it will take place Saturday the 2nd of December at 9 a.m. And then the same day, the men's prayer meeting will take place at 7.30 p.m. And then Saturday the 9th of December at 12 p.m. We have a Christmas lunch for those who are 55 plus at Newlands Golf and Country Club in Langley. And so we're asking uh, that if you want to come, we do invite all those who are 55 plus to come and join with us. Uh, we are asking if you could put your name on the list uh, that is on the table. Uh, we have a reservation for a certain number, uh, but we need to know if there are any more coming. And if there are, uh, we need to increase that booking size or adjust that booking size. And so we need to know in advance how many are coming. And so uh, we encourage you, if you want to come and uh, you're 55 plus, uh, then don't hesitate, put your name down, and we would look forward to having you with us and enjoying some fellowship uh, together around a Christmas lunch. So do remember that, Saturday the 9th of December, and then Friday the 15th of December at 7 p.m., uh, we have our Christmas social here, and uh, we will say more about that in the future. The Trinitarian Bible Society have their calendars for 2024. They're on the table. A good number have been taken already. So uh, take away and take for friends and family yourself as well. The new magazine for the Trinitarian Bible Society is available as well. And then their AGM is Friday the 1st of December at 7.30 p.m. in Chilliwack. The details uh, for that are in the bulletin and will be announced uh, next Lord's Day as well. So do uh, remember that. Uh, for members of session and our board, uh, there will be a meeting of the session and board on November the 27th, Monday, November the 27th. We're bringing forward our meeting that was planned for December by a week. And so this will be the December meeting. And hopefully December will be a break from session and board meetings then. It can be a busy month, a busy month with family, and so uh, we will have uh, that meeting a week early and uh, hopefully then uh, that will be uh, no more meetings until January. Uh, but do remember that and uh, do uh, pray for the Lord's help as we gather together as the leadership of this uh, congregation. We're going to turn in our hymnals 
uh, to the hymn 532. 532 days are filled with sorrow and care, hearts are lonely and drear, burdens are lifted at Calvary, Jesus is very near. 532 will remain seated while our tithes for the Lord's work are received, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these tithes and these offerings. May it be used wisely, dear Lord, for your kingdom's sake and for your name's sake. Bless each one of us now as we hear and listen to the message from your word. And bless our pastor as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Going to stand for verse 3, 532, verse 3, standing to sing, please. Be seated. 
Let us unite together in prayer, asking for the Lord's help, and let us all pray together in our hearts that the Lord would bless the preaching of his precious word to us tonight. Let us seek him. Our eternal God and Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy word. We thank thee we can sing even this great hymn that reminds us of Christ and what he has accomplished at Calvary for us. And we thank thee, O God, that burdens are indeed lifted at Calvary. And we pray tonight for those who are struggling under that great burden of sin. And we pray, Father, that thou would be pleased to deal with them and to relieve that great burden of sin through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank thee that as we see in this chapter, there is a way of salvation. There is a way of redemption to those who turn and repent and know and experience that faith in Christ alone. Father, we beseech thee that thou would draw nigh to us, and thou would meet our needs, give us help, focus our hearts upon thy word tonight, give us a zeal and a desire to hear the message of Christ and glorify thy name and work within our hearts, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. I want to draw your attention this evening to John's Gospel, chapter 3, and verse 19 down to verse 21. And the Savior says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, and neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Amen. Amen. The subject of condemnation was our theme last Lord's Day evening, and we considered that all Christless and unregenerate men are no better than men who are dead, for they are condemned already. The condemnation is upon them. And tonight, in the verses that we have read together, the Lord Jesus Christ proceeds to delve further into the misery of those that refuse and despise him, to point out their sin, to point out that they love darkness rather than light, uh, to point out that those who remain in unbelief, those whose hearts are unregenerate, will face the great wrath of God. Uh, this is a simple condemnation, but it is a peculiar condemnation uh, because the Savior says to us in verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And the Savior here is telling us and telling Nicodemus that this condemnation, this sentence is upon men because light came into the world, the light of Christ, the light of the gospel, but men preferred the darkness. They preferred the sin. They preferred the wickedness because their deeds, their deeds were evil. In a quick summary of last week, 
Condemnation is that act of declaring something awful or evil. Making a sentence, showing your disapproval at what has been done. It comes from the verb condemn, which means to strongly disapprove. When you express condemnation, that is laying a heavy blame, a heavy charge against it. Condemnation is used in law, and it means the same as sentencing. We may hear a judge say, I condemn you uh, to 10 years, 10 years in prison. When we think of a dangerous building, that can be sealed up and not inhabited because it has been condemned. It has been reviewed. It has been looked at by those who are experts, and they have said this building, it needs to go. It cannot be occupied for safety's sake. And there is a condemnation placed upon it. And as the Savior points out in verse 18 that we considered last week, condemnation is upon all men who have not repented from sin. And that is a solemn subject indeed. There is a sentence upon them because they have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Savior, as he speaks to Nicodemus here, he continues with this theme. He brings our attention to the fact that men are condemned because they love darkness rather than light. And this is why there is condemnation. Sin has ruined them. Sin has caused the problem. Light has come into the world, but men prefer the darkness because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. But the light that comes into this world, it is a mercy of God. Because man is in sin and man is in darkness and man is in rebellion and man is facing the wrath of God for his sin. If there was no Christ and no Savior, that is the path every one of us is on. The path that we were on when we came into this world. A path that leads to the wrath of God because of our sin. We are condemned. But yet, light has come into the world and that is the mercy and the grace of God. And the message that the Savior brings to Nicodemus is a message of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A life we don't deserve. Everlasting, eternal life that the sinner does not deserve. But in the mercy and love of God, he sent his Son to be the light of the world. And tonight I want us to consider darkness or light. Darkness or light. And firstly, I want you to see man's desire for darkness. Man's desire for darkness. In verse 19, we read, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are, were evil. Their deeds were evil. And the Savior is saying that men prefer this. Men desire the darkness. Men want the darkness. Men want the darkness. If we were standing here tonight and suddenly the lights went out and there was darkness, would there be a reaction? Maybe someone would give a little scream of shock. Maybe one of the children might be a little scared because they can't see a thing. There would be a reaction if everything went black. 
But yet men desire that darkness. I don't think we would desire the lights to go out. I was in a meeting one time, and in the Martyrs Memorial Church, in the hall they had, and it was many years ago, around 2004, 2005, Dr. Paisley was preaching. It was a midweek prayer meeting. I was in attendance, and the lights went out. And it must have happened before because uh, Dr. Paisley was preaching, and he didn't react. Everything went out. You couldn't see your Bible. There was some exit signs, and you could see a little bit of light. But in the pulpit, there was just, uh, as it were, this big shadow of a man. And he didn't react whatsoever. He kept preaching. And the lights were off, and we were thinking, well, we can't see. He didn't even make a comment. I don't know if his eyes were shut the entire time he was preaching, but he didn't make a comment at all. There was no reaction. But did we desire the lights to be off? No. No, nowadays if the lights went off, I can still see my notes. I can keep preaching. Uh, but Dr. Paisley, he didn't have an iPad. He had paper. And so he kept preaching, though he couldn't see his notes himself. But would we desire the lights to go off and to be in darkness? If we were at home, would we want the lights to suddenly go off unless we're going to bed? Would we want the lights to go off? Would we desire darkness? Would we look at a road that has no light and say, well, we're walking down that 3 a.m. in the morning? No, we're wary of the darkness. We don't desire the darkness. But yet, spiritually speaking, it is the opposite because the Savior here is saying that men love the darkness. They don't desire the light. They want the darkness. They love it. And they, their deeds are evil. And their deeds are hidden in the darkness. And they do not want the light of the world to be shining upon them. Men detest the thought of the light, the light of Christ, the light of the gospel, the light of a moral code, the light that shines upon them, convicting them of their sin. Men do not desire the light. Matthew Henry said, It is the unspeakable folly of the most of men that they love darkness rather than light. The Jews love the dark shadows of their law and the instruction of their blind guides rather than the doctrine of Christ. Man desires darkness. Why? Because his heart is sinful. His heart is sinful. If someone was going to come into your house to rob it or to steal your car, what is the best time of day to do that? It's at night. It's at night. They can slip in in dark clothes, unseen, to go about their crime. Men love darkness rather than light because the darkness hides their sin and hides their actions. And men love the spiritual darkness because they are not reproved by it. The light reproves them. The light reproves them. The Shorter Catechism reminds us of our sin. It reminds us of the estate our parents fell into. It reminds us of what sin is. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. And the question is asked, wherein consisteth the sinfulness of that estate wherein to man fell? The sinfulness of that estate wherein to man fell consisteth in the guilt of Adam's first sin, the want of that righteousness wherein he was created, and the corruption of his nature, whereby he is utterly indisposed, disabled, and made 
opposite unto all that is spiritually good and wholly inclined to all evil and that continually which is commonly called original sin and from which do proceed all actual transgressions. And so man is born a sinner because of Adam's sin and man is opposite to all that is spiritually good. Original sin working within him and out of that come the actual transgressions, the killings, the murders, the theft, the sinning against the God of heaven, the desiring and loving darkness rather than light because there is a sinful and a wicked heart. Men love darkness rather than light. And Matthew Henry said the true reason why men love darkness rather than light is because their deeds are evil. They love darkness because they think it is an excuse for their evil deeds. And they hate the light because it robs them of the good opinion they had of themselves by showing them their sinfulness and misery. And the light of the gospel shines into your life. It shows you your sin. Whether you are an unbeliever or you believe in Christ, the light of the gospel and the light of the word of God, the light of Christ shines into your life. Often if you were to watch an old television show or a cartoon and someone was being questioned, what do they do? They take the light and they shine the light into the person's face and they ask the questions. And the light of the gospel, the light of the word of God does that to us. That's why Paul says we're to examine ourselves. The word of God is to shine at us and to show us our sin and show us our iniquity. And that's not a nice thing. It's not a nice thing. If you ever go to get your eyes checked, and what happens? They take that light. They shine it into your eyes. Why? They're looking. They're probing to check that everything is okay. It is uncomfortable. As a child, I absolutely hated it. And I don't think that heat of having that light in my eye has changed over the years it's uncomfortable but yet it's something that is necessary and the light of Christ and the light of the gospel is necessary but yet men do not see that they want to live in their sin they want to live sinning against the God of heaven they reject the light that is Christ because they love their sin they love their sin Notice again our text. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The actions of men, because they hate the light, the actions of men are wicked. Men's actions are defiled. They're not coming to the light that... Their sin would be reproved, verse 20. There's a desire to continue sinning against the God of heaven. And what does light do? Light shows sin. Light shows how you have sinned and disobeyed a holy God. I want you to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, and the verse 21. The Savior is speaking. Verse 20, he says, Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin! 
Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable in the land, for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. And what is the Savior pointing out here? Well, he's looking at some of these cities, cities he preached in. Capernaum was exalted to heaven. Why? Not because it actually went up and reached heaven, but because Christ was there. Christ was in that city. Christ preached in that city. Christ worked his miracles in that city. And so as the population and the residents of that city heard the Savior and saw the Savior, they were made aware of the great message of the gospel. The light of the world had come, and he was in their midst, and he was showing forth who he was. And they were exalted to heaven because of the ministry of Christ. And what does the Savior say? Shall be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which have been done in thee, have been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. In other words, if the Savior had had that ministry in the pagan, wicked city of Sodom, they would have repented. But the Jewish city of Capernaum, while some would have believed, there were others who didn't. They had the Savior. What a blessing to have the ministry of Christ. Dear believer, do we desire Christ? Do we love Christ? And then we can think how marvelous it would have been to have been in the presence of Christ. And one day we will be. But as Christ was here on earth to listen to his teaching, to see his miracles, to be in his presence. But yet there were those who had that great privilege. They were exalted to heaven. The very door of heaven, the light of the world was in front of them. And they said, they said, no, they rejected him. And what does the Savior say? It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. These were Jews, not pagans. And the Savior saying it's more tolerable for those of Sodom. And we know the sins they were involved in. More tolerable for them than for those who had the light of the world in their midst. What is the Savior saying here? He's teaching that light puts a deeper guilt and aggravation into sin. He's saying that they had that great light in front of them, but they didn't believe. And therefore, as a result of their rejection and them loving the darkness instead of the light, it would be more terrible for those who never heard the gospel, who never had Christ in the midst. There's a great warning then from this passage. The light shows forth our sin, but do you love the darkness more than the light? The light of the world is found in our reading. The light of the world is being preached, the blessed Lord Jesus Christ who died for sinners. Tonight, you're being exalted to heaven in the sense of Christ is preached and Christ is the door of heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Will you reject him? Will you reject him? Will you love darkness rather than light? 
Because the pleasures of sin, as Scripture says, last but for a season. Man's desire for the darkness, it's a desire that comes from sin, a desire that leads to eternal condemnation and damnation in hell. But notice man's hatred of the light, secondly. Man's hatred of the light. And we've touched a little on this already. But verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. John Gill said the Jews preferred their darkness of the ceremonial law and the Mosaic age, the Mosaic law, and even the traditions of their elders before the clear gospel revelation made by Christ. He says the same about the Gentiles. Many of them chose to continue in their heathenism, in ignorance and in idolatry and to walk their own ways and in the vanity of their minds to, than to embrace Christ. They hated the light. They did not want the light. They did not want the light of Christ to shine into them because their deeds were evil. A hatred for the light. And tonight you may desire the darkness uh, but another aspect of that is that you hate the light and you hate the light of the gospel of Christ. And this is what the Savior is teaching. Those who reject the light, those who hate the light, are condemned and they are condemned already. And across this world we see a hatred of the light. A hatred of the light of Christ. Why? Because that light reproves. That's what verse 20 says lest his deeds should be reproved. The light of Christ and the light of his word reprove us. And that is a necessary thing. We need to be reproved. How does the sinner come to Christ? The sinner needs to be shown his sin and reproved through the light of the gospel. Shown that in the sight of God, there is no hope unless they turn to Christ. Unless they believe upon him because they are condemned already. It's a hatred of the light, hatred of the gospel. Some years ago in Ireland, I'm from Northern Ireland, Ireland's an entirely different country, although I hold an Irish passport, so then it starts to get very complicated. Uh, but Ireland itself, largely over the years, a Roman Catholic country, and that's why there's Northern Ireland and Ireland as two separate entities. And again, that history is complex and confusing. But they had a referendum. They had a vote by the population on whether to accept what is referred to as same-sex marriage. And we say that term carefully. That's what it is defined as by the government. As Christians, we would reject the idea that it is marriage in light of God setting forth the institution of marriage himself. Uh, but they had a vote uh, for the coming together of those of that lifestyle. And the hatred of the light of the gospel was seen. This is a country that had a very great Roman Catholic influence over the years. But that has been waning in recent times. And Ireland is becoming more secular uh, but the Roman uh, Catholic Church were against uh, that very same thing. But yet, the vote 
in Ireland was successful. It was successful. I noticed a Christian who had spoken out about things on Facebook. They'd made a comment on a news post. And as someone came on, filled with bigotry, filled with hatred toward the light of the gospel, scripture had been quoted, not in a hateful way, but in a loving way. And they came on and they wished that someone would give Christians lethal injections. That someone would come and get rid of the Christian population. Such was the hatred of the light that had been shown there regarding the word of God. And there's an attitude like that today in the world. And we need to be aware of that. That this world hates Christians and we are to be light. Like the Savior is light. We're to shine forth the light of his word. And we'll come to that in a moment. But this hatred of light. This hatred of Christ. Because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. Hate is a very powerful thing. Hate fills a man so he can't think. Or he can't see correctly. Our emotions can get the better of us. If you've ever watched a sports game and you've been into it, and maybe there's a lot at stake in that particular game, and you're watching and you're thinking that the person refereeing the game, well, he's not very good. As we would say in the UK, he would need to go to Specsavers uh, because he's missing all sorts of things, and your team's not doing too well, and you're starting to get agitated. And you're starting to get annoyed and frustrated at all that is going on. And your emotions get the better of you. You shout at the television. Thinking that that's going to help. Uh, but of course it's not going to help. Emotions get the better of you. And our emotions are powerful things. And the emotion of hate can get the better of us. It can blind us. So that we do not think or see clearly and hatred, and hatred of the light can blind those who are in their sin. Those who hate the gospel, and who hate Christ, and who hate their sinful deeds being pointed out. There can be those who are good living, and nice people, and friendly individuals, and helpful individuals. And they think that they are helpful and friendly in society. But yet when their sin is pointed out, that despite whatever niceness there may be, when that sin is pointed out, there's an anger and there's a hatred against the gospel of Christ and against the word of God. I'm not a sinner because I'm so good. I'm not a sinner because I help others. I'm not a sinner because I'm not out committing all these great sins that we hear about every day that men commit. I'm a good person. But yet, that good person is one of whom the Savior is saying that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. The only way of salvation is by loving the light, by coming to the Savior, by not hating that light. Paul tells us that the law of God is our schoolmaster. Our schoolmaster. The moral law shows us for who we really are. We can think of the schoolmaster... We could think of the teacher, 